The Plant Powered Show Pop-Up Podcast is brought to you by Latitude Apart Hotel and the City of Cape Town. Welcome to the Plant Powered Show Pop-Up Podcast, the ultimate destination for anyone seeking advice on plant-based products and hoping to find ways to reduce their environmental footprint while still enjoying a vibrant and fulfilling life. Hey, my name is Sean Lewitz, and I'm joined by Jane Chuti, who you may know from Tamu by Jane. Welcome to our pop-up podcast studio, Jane. Thank you for having me. It's only a pleasure. I'm very excited for our conversation, especially when I learned that Tamu means delicious in Swahili. Is that right? Yes, that is correct. It does. Um, I was born in Rwanda, but I also grew up partly in Kenya. And we use Tamu because Swahili is spoken widely in East Africa. So when I was looking for a name to name this mission, I'm on, I was like, hmm, Tamu, you know, it's like... It, it just put together everything that I wanted to present at the vicious lives, but in the most wholesome way possible. I'm very intrigued by that. And I definitely want to talk more about Tamu and, and what it represents and how it is living now, living and breathing as this project, as you said. Uh, uh, but you spoke a little bit now about conscious living and sort of uh, holistically everything. What does that mean to you? What does conscious living mean in your context? For me, conscious living is really living a life where you feel whole, like both mentally, spiritually, and physically. Um, even though I'm on plant-based diet, but it actually came from a very spiritual space. Okay. For example, I grew up in, um, in a religion called Seventh-day Adventist, and we actually believed when you eat healthier, take care of your body, then you are more conscious about what is around you and you're more likely to hear the voice of God better because your mind I is see. clear. Yeah. And that is actually where it started. I I didn't know about the physical movement. I didn't know. For me, I wanted to wake up and feel good and to be able to hear my thoughts clearly because my mind is clear and to hear the voice of God. I hear you. Yeah. I understand. I 100% understand. There's a phrase that goes along the lines like the mind is a lot like water. Yeah. If it's turbulent, it's very difficult to see. Mm. But when the water is clear, we can see through the water very easily. And, and that reminds me of what, of what you're saying. Yeah. Eating holistic or eating whole foods, eating clean foods, for eating well purpose. for holistic purposes. Yes. Yeah. And for being as clear in your thoughts mm. makes such a big difference to how we live our lives. Um, you spoke about growing up in, in Rwanda and you've mentioned East Africa. And many people assume that African cuisine consists of a lot of meat and, and specifically here in South Africa I think it's almost a an assumption it's 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 considered to be true if there's not meat on the plate it's not a, it's not a complete meal mm-hmm. but actually it's not that case throughout the continent is it no actually we ate um, meat on special occasion growing up it got even worse uh, so growing up um, let's say when I was nine, you know, we had like a little situation, maybe a big situation in my country where um, it was just chaos. My, we found ourselves in a refugee camp. And during that time in 1994, my siblings and I lost both our parents and we found ourselves alone. <laughs> in uh, The oldest among us was what? Um, 17. I was the youngest. I was yep. nine. 
And we couldn't, so the only thing which we could even afford when we afforded food was at least vegetables. So like meat was non-existent and we were grateful that we ate vegetables, but also around us, that's what everyone ate. And then on the new year, you know, like even growing up on the new year, that's when I was actually having a discussion with my husband. How So on the new year, which meat did you guys used to have? And then I was like, oh, at my place, you used to eat goat, okay. like a goat and everything. He's like, no, we used, he was like, we used to eat chicken. <laughs> so that's how we saw meat. Meat was for special occasions and so on, not for everyday consumption, never. So then we go to South Africa, there is meat every single day on the table. And that's also probably one of the things which turned me off meat, apart from <laughs> my own uh, choices. I was like, you ate meat so much because it was uh, overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Then you ended up like, oh, nah, mm -hmm. I no longer crave for it. So it was shocking. And in your context as well, I'm thinking back now, you're speaking about eating for being uh, clear of mind. Mm. And we know that we consume things that are too dense and too heavy, how sluggish we can mm. slowly feel. Mm. And I'm sure in your context, if you've eaten mostly plant-based for a very long time, suddenly mm. starting to introduce all this, you, you very quickly realize that your body is not attuned to that sort of no, way of eating. actually no, not at all. And you actually feel it in your body. You you feel heavy even when you're not. And um, I remember, um, let me tell you a story what happened when we got to South Africa and we lived, I lived with my uncle and his family in Nelspruit in a township called Kanyamazane. And when we were walking past, there was a bush of amaranth. So now we had been eating meat because it was cheap and it was like accessible. So growing up, we ate amaranth a lot. Okay. It was a staple, like we ate it almost every other day. Now, um, there is a bush of amaranth whenever we passed and my siblings and I were like... <laughs> Nobody's there. Then we started always going and picking now we know that it's called foraging. We didn't know. We were just picking yes. amaranth. And then we went home and then we'll make what we used to. And we loved it. It was also like a connector to home, reminded us of home. But then people started looking at us funny because we we're probably hungry. We are eating things which you're not supposed to eat. Somebody asked us, we're like, no, this is actually food. We... This is what we grow up on. And then it hit me that the system, the way it said that people can actually have food in their backyard and they will go to bed hungry because they think the only thing they need to consume is meat. 100%. That is like, wow. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? And, and for people that don't know what the amaranth looks like or how to prepare it, would you share that as well? So amaranth, it's a, it's a greeny leaf. And it, it's almost like spinach, but it's smaller. They're mm -hmm. smaller. And then it also has like a seeds on top when it's growing older. We used to throw that. And then I realized that you eat that as well. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then um, so we prepare it. We normally just cut it, put a little bit of oil and onion and then uh, grind peanuts. Okay. Grind peanuts and then add that in and then cook it until peanuts is like 
it started releasing its own oils and so on. Oh, it's the most delicious thing. You can have it with like, we used to have it with sorghum pap. Yes. It was so delicious. Right now, whenever I have time, I go to Winebeg or any other place, train station, to see if those ladies... <laughs> Have got in stock? Have got stuff. Yes. Incredible. <laughs> because, oh, my mom, my... So I grew up with my uncle and I call them my parents now. They, that's where I'm going after this. Okay. So she, ha, she has planted some. So whenever I go there, I carry a bag. I used to have some amaranth. And to think that some people don't know that you can eat that. Mm -hmm. It's crazy to me. It's weird. It's... It's just something I, I haven't yet. And, and, and I and that juxtaposition, I think that's lovely because you're looking at it going, but this is so valuable. Mm. This we should be we should be treasuring. We should be making more of it. We should be eating from it. And others are looking at that and going, how could I possibly eat that? That's so foreign. And mm. so and to learn from one another yes. is such a valuable thing for all of us. Yes. Um, that's fantastic. Now, okay, now I'm going to ask you then if I wanted to impress a meat eater that's coming over mm. to my home with a substantial meal, mm. but I don't want to give them meat. I want to make them something that's packed with protein that makes them, you know, when they look at it, they go, that's going to be quite filling. Mm -hmm. And they don't mm -hmm. think about, you know, what would you suggest I prepare? What would you prepare? So um, the Rwandan in me will go to cassava leaves. Okay. Like what we used to do, we used to, cassava leaves are hard. Like they're almost harder than, if you put spinach in a pot, I mean, it, it, it wilts and it, it becomes will, very small. Yeah, yeah. and becomes small. With cassava leaves, you actually have to pound it to even be able to cook it. You pound it and pound it until, but now I use the food process. <laughs> you pound it and pound and pound it until it's like um, a paste almost. Then you will cook it for a very long time. We put peanuts in everything. And then it's also hearty. Like it's almost like a nice dish. And then uh, you add like um, uh, a garden eggs mm -hmm. they're almost like uh, what is this eggplants but they're small okay then you add that then you also add some people use if you are rich you add meat but mm -hmm. that <laughs> that was not necessary what i do also i add some mushrooms in that oh. then it becomes thick and saucy then you put it on top of rice or you eat it with any other food carrier or chapati that in winter is the warmest and delicious dish you will ever have. And listening to you talk about the processes involved, there's a lot of love and care. Yeah. And you can probably taste that heartiness it once does. you get to actually eating the dish. So when a woman gives birth and you really love that person... And you go so in Rwanda when you give birth, people come and see you. So every every other women like mothers who are nature, they bring you that dish. Oh really? Yes, because they believe that it also helps like increase your meal production and yes. it just nourish you back to life. Fantastic. Yeah. Very important food to know about then, isn't yes. it? Yeah. <laughs> Good to keep spreading the knowledge and the lessons. And speaking on that then, what lessons are you hoping to impart with others when it comes to local cuisine? I mean, that's a really great example of just one of them, I suppose. Um, for me, it's also just to a little bit decolonize African food. That is the first thing. Just realize that our food is healthy and it's actually 
delicious as well. It, it breaks my heart to when people come to visit our countries, that the first place we want to take them is to a pizza joint or a burger joint. But they know that already. But the minute that we embrace our own food and learn how to cook it and learn the value of uh, what our food brings and connect us also to who we are and what our ancestors used to eat, that's the first thing. Let's, let us embrace it, learn it, and we'll realize that we have a lot to offer. Amen. That's the first thing. Realize that there is a lot here. <laughs> like we'll also start seeing food like sorghum in pecan pays and checkers and all these other places. Like I don't have to always go into corner shops to look for things which grows here. Yet I can find quinoa in every store around the world, around Africa. And sorghum is like an ancient grain as far as Africa is concerned. Yes. It's just as nutritious. It's really Amazing. great. It's fantastic tasting. Gluten-free, good for the environment. And we all know about quinoa, which doesn't come from this continent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. 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 So um, before I let you go, uh, Tamu, mm -hmm. what can we expect from a Tamu experience? Tamu by Jane, what does that look like? Well, so Atami experience, so we have got this fee, African feast that we host. It's not just about food, but everything that connects us to food. So growing up, whenever visitors came to visit us, the first thing, and we have cooked, the first thing we'll do before we give them food, we'll carry water to wash their hands. We didn't tell them that the food is coming, but because they saw the water is coming, they knew that we are about to feed them. So when you come to town, we have all those elements. You come in, we give you water to wash your hands. We sit around each other, we eat with our hands. We talk, we, we have African-based stories about food, what our ancestors used to eat, what, what is it about both African food that we really love and all those. So we have discussions so that we can fall in love with what Africa has to offer, with what they learned that we step on every day actually has given us and um so that is one aspect and then there is those people who are like i really really want to learn how to prepare some of the dishes they seem complicated i can't do this i'm like come then we have got cooking classes at maker's landing awesome yeah, where we actually go deep into cooking African food like um, the cassava leaves I just mentioned and also bring all these forgotten vegetables and grains like teach people how to use fonio for example, another ancient African grain that most people don't even know exists. You know, and then like this is how you can prepare this ingredient to actually add it into your lifestyle. So it's that. And then we also have a pod for anyone. You know, I always say that it's so sad that you can find an Italian restaurant and all these other restaurants in, in the streets of Cape Town. But you actually have to search for an African restaurant which serves plant-based food. And so I'm like, so we have a, a pod, it's not something big, it's based in Maker's Landing, where people actually can come and taste uh -huh. African food from, we are there from Thursday to um, Sunday. 
Beautiful. So, yeah. There is a lot on offer yeah. <laughs> from Tamu by Jane. Thank you. Uh, I love listening to your stories. Uh, there's such a, a warmth and uh, a sparkling personality that comes through with everything that you're doing. And thank you for sharing that with us on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. Thank you it. so much for having me. Only a pleasure. Links to all of the things that Jane has spoken about, of course, you can find in the show notes. The Plant Powered Show brings together top local and international chefs, celebrity cooks, mixologists, health and wellness experts, as well as plant-based food, drink and conscious living products and brands. You can subscribe to the Plant Powered Show pop-up podcast, and you can join us each week as we delve a little bit deeper into the world of conscious living on each episode follow us on instagram or facebook at the plant powered show for the latest updates mouth-watering recipes and engaging content the plant powered show pop-up podcast is brought to you by latitude apart hotel and the city of cape town 